You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com. listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 404, entitled Spring Forward. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions and comments and the feedback that you guys have been sending through, I really do appreciate it. Uh, this week's episode, I wanted to do a solo episode. Uh, my first one since probably uh, it's going to be like December of 2022 uh, when I started doing the uh, interview uh, winter interview series and uh, yeah so December I believe I started those and it's now uh, April 10th uh, just uh, right after uh, the Easter uh, weekend here it's actually Easter Monday uh, when I'm recording that so uh, happy Easter uh, to all of you guys out there I know you guys will uh, be hearing this uh, one day later so happy belated Easter I guess uh, uh, would be uh, uh, the proper uh, way to say that but yeah I wanted to uh, jump on uh, for one obviously uh it's no longer uh, Easter, or sorry, no longer uh, winter. Uh, so uh, having an introduction to the podcast, uh, being the winter interview uh, series, uh, is uh, obviously uh, not um, something that's uh, relevant anymore. Uh, but I wanted to also just uh, thank everybody who had come on to the podcast uh, through the winter interview series. I really enjoyed it uh, this year. A lot of great conversations uh and uh, got a lot of feedback from you guys as well uh, in enjoying uh, those episodes. A lot of, uh, you know, first time guests uh, onto the podcast uh, sharing uh, their stories and lots of different, uh, you know, different scenarios from, uh, you know, like our last guest, some very uh, young guys uh, going out there and starting uh, their businesses to uh, more seasoned veterans uh, like Paul Camara, who we had on. Uh, and, uh, some interesting, uh, types of business scenarios, uh, like the episode, uh, with, uh, Axiom uh, Turf, uh, where, uh, you know, he was, uh, uh, running his business out of one of his actual, uh, client properties. So very, very, uh, interesting, uh, group of guests that we had, uh, through this winter interview series. I want to, uh, I think continue doing some more, um, interview episodes throughout the season as well, uh, where I find um, some time to do them and, and kind of get into scheduling. But with the spring season, of course, this is uh, probably the absolute busiest, uh, you know, part of the year for lawn care businesses. A lot of you guys I see uh, are just working, uh, going from, you know, you go from like zero to like 300 miles an hour, uh, basically overnight. The phone has been uh, just constantly ringing, um, which is kind of odd. The, a bit of a change there for me this year, actually a bunch of changes this year uh, that uh, we'll get into. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, the phone has been ringing a lot, which is odd. Now, obviously, you'll say like, well, shouldn't the phone be ringing? Well, over the past few years, if you guys have been following along with some of the changes that I made, trying to get away from answering the phone, trying to get away from uh, people leaving voicemail messages and stuff, you know, if people call me, the the, uh, voicemail message that I have on my phone, because I I won't uh, pick up the phone, I let it run to voicemail where they get a message basically saying that, um, you know, if you're, uh, you know, sorry, we can't get to the phone. It's, you know, super busy. Can't always hear the phone because we're on like a noisy piece of equipment, something like that, right? But then it's, it's directing them to my website where they can go and uh, leave a, uh, a qu- or a request a quote there. I've got like a free estimate tab on my website. But by doing that, um, it's directing them there. I find, you know, I'm all about efficiencies. Um, you know, I've talked about how for me running my lawn care business using a handheld blower, uh, is a lot more efficient with the way that my trailer is set up than using a backpack blower because I'm doing very small properties and, you know, unless it's a fall cleanup or something, I'm just blowing the grass clippings, sort of the mess that I'm creating, uh, while I'm trimming. So I don't need anything bigger than uh, a handheld blower. And uh, just the way that my trailer is set up with that sort of side ramp door and stuff, if I, uh, you know, have to use a backpack blower, I have to open that door fully. I have to, you know, <clears throat> set it on the ground. I have to pull the backpack blower out, put it on the ground, close the door, lock it up, then go and start the backpack blower, then put it on my back. Versus if I'm using a handheld blower, I can just open that door uh, just a, you know, a foot or so uh, and hold it with one hand while I reach in and grab the backpack blower, or sorry, the handheld blower with the other hand, I can place it on the fender beside me. So I don't have to bend down while I close the door and lock it. And then I just grab the handheld blower and I can start walking towards, you know, where I need to start cleaning or blowing while I'm pulling the cord and getting it started. So it's a lot more efficient uh, for me in that uh, respect. So I'm all about, uh, you know, those efficiencies. So it, it's the same sort of uh, thing with, uh, that I found over the years with voicemail. Voicemail, customers leaving messages, um, or even like answering the phone and stuff. And, you know, it's different depending on the stage of your business that you're at, right? So if you're a young guy and you're first just starting out your business, then, you know, answering the phone is, uh, a great way to land customers because at this time of year, most businesses like myself, we're busy. We're, we've got a full load of clients. So uh, we're already busy. And one of the things that I would get from clust- uh, customers when I would talk to them is, you know, you're the only one that answered the phone, um, you know, early on. And I would get a lot of customers just from answering the phone. It was like one of those uh, things that would happen. But as the years go on, uh, my schedule's already pretty much full. Every year, you know, I'll have um, maybe one or two customers uh, that uh, I'll lose over the year, like uh, this past uh, season. I did the final cut there in 2022 um, for uh, my very first customer that I got when I left uh, the franchise uh, company and I moved across town and I started my current uh, company uh, and was going door to door and putting uh, postcards and stuff like that. Uh, the very first customer that uh, hired me, I had been mowing uh, their lawn ever since, ever since uh, 2011. Uh, and uh, they, um, over the years, uh, were very elderly, living uh, you know by themselves. And then over uh, the last couple of years, 
uh, dementia and stuff started to set in. So uh, their family decided to, um, you know, uh, they can no longer function uh, safely by themselves in the house. And decided to, uh, you know, move them to like a care facility uh, sort of thing, right? So they did that. And then uh, the son uh, ended up selling uh, the house that I was, uh, you know, servicing there for those, uh, you know, uh, that's over a decade or so there. So, you know, you get uh, um, those types of situations where, uh, you know, you're going to lose customers and stuff uh, every year, one or two from certain things, whether they're aging out um, or they're uh, just moving across town to areas that I'm not servicing and stuff like that because I want to keep my roots very dense. So, uh, you know, I'm not at the point or at that uh, sort of same stage where I want to take on as much customers uh, as I would have, say, uh, many, many years ago. I'm a lot more um, uh, picky and uh, choosy uh, on the types of clients I'm going to take. And also, <clears throat> just uh, apologize as well, just for my uh, voice. If it sounds kind of funny and uh, just sort of clearing my throat, uh, I got uh, a bit of a cold or something happening uh, just this past uh, weekend, uh, a lot of uh, like uh, runny nose and that sort of stuff, congestion and things. So I apologize for that if it uh, sounds kind of weird uh, or if I have to, uh, you know, make any uh, noises clearing my uh, throat or anything. But uh, as I said, um, you know, you get those situations and, and just a little bit, you know, I'm a lot more picky about that. So I don't uh, answer the phone <clears throat> as much as I would have before. Uh the same situation as it was uh, all those years ago when I started my business. So for me, over the years, I'm always honing my business to be more efficient, uh, trying to be as efficient uh, as possible in you know every situation where permittable, right? There's certain situations, certain things that I do in my business that aren't the most efficient way of doing it, but I do it for other reasons, uh, but uh, in this situation of you know new clients calling stuff, I'm not uh, as hungry, you could say, uh, for work uh, because I've got that strong base of regular clients. So what I try to do now, because I find that it's very inefficient uh, talking to clients on the phone. Uh, they want you to uh, you know commit to uh, a time and stuff when you're going to come and uh, see their property and all that sort of stuff. Um, <clears throat> when I'm listening to voicemail messages, sometimes um, it's very you know you get a notification for a voicemail message. Um, you have to call the voicemail message, like the answering service. You listen to the messages, you got to go through all these different prompts. Um, you know, sometimes you can't hear the customer properly. You're, gonna, you're like rewinding uh, to hear, you know, what they're saying or, the, you know, they're sometimes difficult to understand. Um, sometimes they don't uh, give all the proper information. Sometimes they don't say what they're looking for. And they just want you to call them back uh, to discuss it or whatever. And, you know, it, it's just all these things that just add up to a whole bunch of wasted time throughout the day, especially in the busy season when you're getting a bunch of calls. So what I tried to do over the past few, year, few years is basically not answer the phone. <clears throat> I have a message saying, hey, if you, you know, we're, it's too busy, we can't get to the phone in a timely manner. And, you know, thing, if you want, you know, a much quicker response, go to the website enter your details, request a free quote, and, you know, and we'll get back to you 
as soon as we can there. And by them doing that, they're submitting all their information. I get, you know, a text message um, from the uh, the service that I use there, that uh, Jot form uh, service that I have uh, implemented on my website. And, uh, you know, it sends me, uh, there's also an app that goes with it. So I have a, a record of all of the um, customers that have left information for the past 10 years uh, there. Uh, but basically, it, you know, it has a spot where they put their name, their address, um, I have like a bunch of services there that they can check off what they want to quote for. It asks them whether there's uh, dogs uh, in their yard during the day. It asks them whether the gate to the backyard is unlocked. And basically what it does is it gives me all their information. It gives me their email address, all that sort of stuff, everything that I would need to contact them. It lets me know their address so I can see, you know, where they are, if they're in sort of the area that I service. It lets me know what services they want to quote for. And it also is basically uh, giving them uh, a way to give me permission to come to their property and go into their backyard without them having to be there. And that's where those questions of, you know, do you have a dog during the day? Is the backyard uh, thing? So it's setting them up saying, basically, we we will come, uh, we'll have a look at it. it says you'll get a written estimate within seven days. Uh, so the reason I do that is because if I'm mowing a specific neighborhood, say like on a Tuesday, and then say Tuesday evening, um, somebody in that neighborhood maybe saw me and then you know requests a quote, I'm not going to drive back to that neighborhood again the next day when I'm now in a different neighborhood uh, servicing that neighborhood the next day and the following day in a different neighborhood. Uh, That's a lot of wasted time, a lot of wasted fuel and stuff. So I give myself seven days. That way it says you'll get a quote within seven days, a written estimate. Um, So basically what that does, it allows me to wait until I'm back in that neighborhood the next time. Uh, And then I'll have a look at the property and then I email them uh, that quote uh, at that time. So I try to do it that way because it's so much more efficient. I don't have to waste time checking voicemail messages. I don't have to waste time talking to clients. I don't have to, you know, dilly daddle and all that sort of stuff. It's very streamlined and it's worked fantastically. People keep doing it. But this year, for some reason, I keep having people leaving voicemail messages regardless of what, you know, that same message that I've used for years that has worked to uh, kind of divert them to the website, people are leaving voicemail messages, which is super frustrating. It's super annoying. So um, <clears throat> I'm considering going a step further and changing the voicemail message to, uh, you know, kind of draw a line in the hard line, right? Just saying, hey, um, voicemail messages are not monitored. Here, if you need a quote uh, to go to, uh, um, you know, the website, basically making it like the only option uh, to go to the website, just because it's just, um, it's just so more uh, efficient, right? Now, like I said, if I was in a different stage in my business, if I was in that early stage in my business, yeah, then I would absolutely be answering the phone and all that sort of stuff or uh, accommodating both, right? Having people, hey, if you want to do it online, you can request it online. If you want to leave a message, then we'll call you back sort of thing and, and doing it both ways together uh, as many uh, of those um, <clears throat> clients as I can as quickly as I can to try to um, 
you know, pounce on those uh, clients before they have a chance to, uh, you know, get quotes from other people and that sort of stuff to, to try to, you know, lock them up uh, in that sort of sense. Uh, but for uh, the stage that I'm in right now, I feel like I have <clears throat> the luxury to not have to uh, do that, to have to like chase every uh, sort of client to build a, you know, a client list from scratch, right? Because I'm comfortable with uh, the client list that I have and just looking to replace uh, those few customers, uh, <clears throat> that have lost from last year and, um, and sometimes padding some neighborhoods, uh, you know, if, um, like for example, one of the clients, uh, that I picked up last year, um, really nice property. The one I was talking about was pretty excited about because it's a larger property, uh, has lots of access to use all sorts of different mowers on it. Uh, I've been up until this point just using the commercial 30 on it, but I could definitely put the navigator on it uh, or the turf tracer <clears throat> and that sort of thing. But uh, I've been just doing it with the, uh, the 30, but they had the, like the neighbor come up, uh, uh, this past uh, week when I was mowing. So I was like, well, that's, to, you know, he was asking for a quote and I was talking to him and all that sort of stuff. And it was like, um, you know, I would absolutely, uh, even though uh, my day was pretty packed, he was, uh, you know, uh, asking me, you know, like what day I would be uh, doing it. And I think that the client that I'm there, uh, I've got her on a Wednesday cut, <clears throat> but if, uh, because these are larger properties, you know, that would be stretching it uh, because my Wednesday is already pretty packed that I told him, well, if, you know, if you wanted um, me, cause he was like, I don't care what day of the week or whatever, you could come on a different day if you had to. And I was like, well, that's, that's not efficient. I said, so I said, in fact, if you uh, did sign up uh, with me, then I would actually move uh, her cut as well to uh, Thursdays because, um, I could fit both you guys there or have a little bit more flexibility on Thursdays to fit two big uh, properties on there and uh, be able to make that uh, work a bit better uh, just for uh, the efficiency uh, sake of it. And uh, they're a few blocks away from the, the large uh, uh, like farm property uh, that I do as well on Thursdays that I usually end uh, my Thursdays on. And, uh, so it would work, uh, well with that, but yeah, for customers like that, where it's like, oh yeah, like there's a, a you know, a neighbor or something like that, the truck would be parked, like literally wouldn't have to move it. Cause it's right across the street from the, uh, that one. Then yeah, I'll, uh, take on customers like that. Even if I'm, uh, I've got like a full, uh, uh, you know, a full customer list, uh, or already at capacity, I still will take, uh, you know, one or two clients if they're like, you know, premium type, uh, clients there. Right. Because you never know what happens in the future with other clients and stuff. So uh, if there's the opportunity to add uh, that type of client, even though, um, you know, your schedule is like completely bursting at the seams or whatever the case may be, I would still absolutely uh, take that uh, on that type of client. But uh, yeah, that's what I mean about things like the efficiencies and stuff, just all those little things that you kind of uh, build up uh, throughout the, the seasons um, <clears throat> that you learn, that you adapt and change just to make things flow uh, easier um, and better. I find too that um, I think that as I've gotten older um, and more, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of like that uh, old man sort of uh, 
syndrome or I don't know what you would call it, uh, kind of stage in life starts to kick in, even though, uh, you know, I'm only in my 40s. Um, you definitely see that type of stuff uh, starting to creep in and you get set in your ways. You get set in how you want to do stuff and you don't want to kind of uh, adapt or change as much uh, from those types of, uh, you know, scenarios. So, uh, it'll be interesting uh, going forward um, with that uh, and seeing if I should adapt uh, that voicemail message to uh, make it just a bit more um, hard-lined in terms of uh, getting customers to uh, leave um, you know, their information on the website. Um, and it's just strange how it just, uh, and it could be just a thing you know, just right now in the spring here, in early spring. Uh, we're still not sort of... Um, in sort of the peak spring season, the fo- like I said, the phone is uh, ringing stuff, but it, it's very funny uh, to see how it's absolutely at this stage right now. It's absolutely weather dependent, so you're not getting all those crazy calls from people who <clears throat> you know have gone through the whole spring and haven't mowed their lawn yet or things like that, and then you know they just are busy with life and stuff. And then, you know, then they're trying to, you know, find people to do stuff. It's right now, it's just that early stage, uh, sort of, uh, initial influx of calls where it's absolutely weather dependent on the days where it's been cold, um, and rainy and stuff. Uh, then, the phone doesn't ring. And then on the days where uh, it's sunny and warm, we've had some, uh, a few stretches like that. And you know people are spending some time outside. You know people are going for walks and things like that. Then they're really um, the phone starts ringing like clockwork on those days. Um, so it's it's really kind of funny to see how it um, uh, is absolutely uh, tied uh, to the weather uh, in those uh, sort of instances. So a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, efficiencies uh, to be found uh, in your business as you go on. Uh, and as you get, uh, like I said, uh, older uh, in your life and old, like more established in your business, I guess is the better uh, way to uh, sort of describe it. You just uh, find uh, better ways to do things like everything from um, even the way uh, or the order uh, that I mow uh, my client lawns isn't an absolute uh, specific uh, order uh, so that I have them all lined up so that I'm driving in a certain direction, going from, you know, house to house. You know, usually when I leave my house, I'll go to the very, whatever the very first house is, but <clears throat> the next one after that will be just a few, you know, a block away or whatever the case may be. It, it'll be a little bit farther than the one I just serviced. And then the one after that will be a little bit farther from that one. But I uh, approach them in such a way that they're on the side of the street um, that I'm, um, you know, driving in, right? So, for example, if, because my route is so tight, if I'm driving and say the the house is on the right-hand side uh, of the street. So, as I'm driving down the road, if I pull over then because the way my trailer is set up and stuff with that side ramp door on the passenger side, then I can just open up the door. It's, you know, right onto their property, unload mowers and stuff, whatever the case I'm doing, and mow. If um, I'm mowing and, um, or I'm, I'm driving and the house is on the left-hand side of the street, um, particularly, you know, if it's a busy street or whatever the case may be, then I usually will not stop there, even if it's 
kind of like the next house in line. Because what happens is I'll go through my route and then I got to circle back anyways and come back. And a lot of times I'm coming back along the same <clears throat> route that I went initially uh, in that direction. So I work my way to like the farthest property for that day and then work my way back. And then I'll hit the houses on the other side of the street um, on the way back so that it's the same scenario where my ramp door is opening and stuff like that. And and it's not like, um, you know, if I was <clears throat> mowing on a quiet street, like a quiet residential street where there's like no traffic, then that's different. I would, you know, if I have two houses on the same street, then yeah, I would do them at the same time. Like in the you know case of that one customer, right? I would pull up um, to that uh, larger uh, property that I started last year. I would mow his, but the, the other guys right across the street, there's no traffic. It's just a, a you know, quiet little uh, residential neighborhood. So that's no issue, but there's a lot of, uh, because I'm in the city, there's a lot of um, uh, situations where I go and it's a busier type street and there's more traffic and stuff. So I don't want to be going like, you know, and I'm not like at a, a lot of times you're in the middle of the the block, right? There's not a, like a crosswalk or something. You might not be near a corner where pedestrians would normally be going. So you're having to jaywalk across the road and you got mowers and things. So <clears throat> I necessarily wouldn't do that. I would wait to come back and, and do it on the other way. But um, again, all about efficiencies. If it was close enough, like, you know, across, the, like literally across the street and stuff, then yes, I would still try to do it um, in that regard. And there's like one property that I do where as I'm driving by, it's on my right-hand side, but there's absolutely no parking on the right-hand side. Like, there's no, the way the curb is and stuff, it's just the road, and there's, like, no parking signs and stuff, so you can't, I couldn't park there to mow there. But across the street, they have the curb kind of cut out where there's, like, parking spots, so basically there's only parking allowed on one side of the street, and it's a busy road. Um, so on that property, I will <clears throat> wait, uh, to do it on my way back, uh, coming along the route so that I can pull over, uh, onto the other side of the street where there's plenty of parking and it's right. Um, ironically, there's a crosswalk right uh, there. Uh, so, um, it's not an issue to uh, press the button and then cross the street, uh, you know, with my trimmer or blower or whatever the case may be, and then go service that property. Not a not a big deal, uh, but yeah, it gives me a lot of flexibility because of how dense my roots are. That I'm literally like driving down the road on, you know, one direction, and then I end up coming back on those uh, a lot of those uh, uh, same routes, um, working my way back uh, towards home, um, you know, towards the end of the day, sort of thing, and can uh, uh, really make it uh, as efficient. Uh, as possible. So I'm just going to take a <clears throat> quick break here and then uh, we'll get back into some of the changes um, that are happening uh, to my business this year uh, that kind of came, some of them uh, as a surprise to me um, that I wasn't expecting, but you got to kind of uh, adapt. So we'll get into that uh, right after this. So stay tuned. Choosing the right equipment also means getting service and support you can trust. Hi, it's Michelle with the Xmart Customer Service Team. We are committed to giving you the expert technical support necessary to keep your equipment performing at its best. Reach us by phone, email, or social media on any weekday, and we will respond quickly with advice you can trust because it comes straight from the folks who built your machines. Visit xmark.com to learn about Xmark's industry-leading service and parts support. 
Okay, so this year I've had some unexpected um, changes. Some of them were just some weird changes. The first one is a change to my uh, credit card system that I wasn't expecting. Um, Now, a lot of you guys know that... um, I do all of my billing with credit card on file. Um, so basically, uh, when I uh, you know meet a new customer and uh, you know <clears throat> in their quote and stuff, it uh, tells them that uh, the only form of payment that I take is credit card on file. So they give me their credit card number. I store that, and at the end of each month, <clears throat> I bill their credit card for you know, whatever services uh, I did uh, in that past year, or sorry, past month, past year, that would be uh, pretty crazy, uh, past uh, month. And I found it to be the most efficient way for me. I'm not spending a lot of time doing, you know, invoices or writing out, uh, uh, you know, receipts and stuff each time you're there, or whatever the case may be. I just, you know, kind of like, um, much like your, you know, cell phone service or whatever, uh, the case may be where you just build, uh, at the end of the month for whatever, or your, uh, you know, uh, electricity bill or gas bill or whatever the case uh, may be. Uh, just, I prefer doing it that way. It also simplifies things, makes it more efficient. Um, only having to do that billing once a month, um, then I'm left with like one paper invoice for each customer for each month, right? So uh, at the end of, you know, if you have a a 10-month season, um, then, you know, you've got, uh, or sorry, like an, an, or a nine-month season or whatever the case may be, then you only got eight pieces of paper, eight invoices, right, uh, that you have for each customer. And just makes things uh, super simple, right? Um, you're not storing a, you know, tons and tons of paperwork and all that sort of stuff for, um, you know, record keeping and all that sort of stuff. Cause I like to have paper copies of everything. So not only do I have, you know, all my invoices and all that sort of stuff accessible in software, but also I, when I print out a copy for the customer, because uh, what I'll do is I'll bill the customer on their credit card, but then the following week I drop off an invoice uh, in their mailbox, showing them what they got billed for on their credit card. So when I go and print that out, I always print two copies and I keep a copy for myself. So I have a copy, uh, a paper copy of every invoice as well for my own records. And I store those for seven years as well, uh, just to have that extra uh, layer of protection, right? If something were to happen, if, you know, um, computers were to crash and, and ironically, uh, something that um, <clears throat> has been going on um, with my brother-in-law. He was having some issues uh, with his computer and records uh, crashing. And, um, you know, it was um, kind of an unfortunate thing. He had a, a system for backing up uh, his computer, an automatic sort of backup, like a hard drive time machine on his uh, Mac to be able to back up everything. But for some reason, it wasn't backing up. So uh, ironically, on um, uh, the Friday, we had a power outage. And um, it had his computer had lost um, like three weeks of 
jobs and stuff that he had uh, invoiced in like the past three weeks. So he thought, okay, well, I'll just, you know, back up from the time machine. Um, but what he discovered was the time machine wasn't working properly. It was backing up, but only his system files, not all of the regular files. So then he went to back up and, you know, of course it's deleting uh, or overwriting all his system stuff. And then um, he got uh, his, you know, turns his computer after it restarts and all that stuff. And it's basically just an empty Mac, like just the system software on it. It didn't back up any of that, right? So he was, you know, uh, having a, a mild heart attack there, uh, going like, oh my goodness, like, well, what the heck? Like, I've lost, like, you know, decades of records there. Um, so, um, you know, he was at, calling me, asking me uh, for advice because I'm a bit more, um, you know, technical, technically savvy and stuff. So I was trying, telling him to try some different things. Um, and that's when we kind of discovered all oh, your time, like the time machine, it's, it's showing that it's been backing up every hour, but you know, something's not quite right. Like it's, it's, so I said, you know what, <clears throat> um, take it to the mall. There's this like Mac place. It's not uh, an Apple store. It's like a Mac specialty place. <clears throat> and I said, though, those guys will be a lot more knowledgeable. I've gone in there. They know what they're talking about sort of stuff. They should be able to, uh, re um like pull the data off of uh, the hard drive of the computer because um you didn't format the hard drive you were just um uh, you know doing the backup but the backup was only doing the system software so technically you know the fi- you know it m- there's might be s- obviously some stuff lost because of the way computers write to hard drives and stuff like that but it wouldn't, it didn't format, you know, the whole terabyte or whatever. So they should, they should be able to do like a deep dive data recovery and, and pull some stuff off. And sure enough, uh, they were able to do that. Uh, they were able to find <clears throat> those, uh, files and stuff and be able to, uh, redo like the system software, um, and then, uh, be able to, uh, you know, save, uh, what they could for his, uh, his records and stuff. And, um, uh, so that was, that was good, but stuff like that happens. Right. So I always print out an extra, you know, a paper copy as well. And I keep those records of those invoices that I've given to customers for like seven years. Cause that's sort of the, for, uh, at least, um, uh, the Canadian government uh, here, you know, they, they you're supposed to keep your business records for seven years. So I keep that paper copy every year. Um, when I'm sort of tax season, sort of things like that, I go through my records and then I go, you know, back seven years and I pull out whatever that oldest seventh year one was. And then I destroy those, uh, uh, those files, right? Because that past year now is now the seven or, you know, is seven years there and do it that way just to have, uh, just that redundancy that if something like that were to happen and I've, I've had it happen to me as well. I've, um, on my Mac had, um, time machine backing up and stuff. And then it stopped backing up and, um, it didn't tell me that it wasn't working. I guess the, the hard drive, the external hard drive that I was using for time machine, um, failed after a few years. So it was no longer backing up. Um, but it gave me no indication that it was no longer backing up. Um, so it was like, uh, there was this, uh, a point in time where my, um, hard drive was kind of glitching out 
and uh, I needed to replace the hard drive. So I was, you know, making sure I had uh, uh, the backups and stuff. Um, so I put a new hard drive in and then I was trying to recover and notice like the last um, working file that that time machine had uh, was like eight months earlier. So I was like, well, like I can't, like that sucks, right? So I ended up having to put the um, original hard drive back in the computer and getting a, a new external hard drive and trying to do a backup, even though that hard drive was glitching, it was still working, but it was just glitching very, it was making the computer like freeze all the time and stuff, but it was a slow, painful process, it, but it was able to back up all the data. And then I switched out the hard drive again, put the new hard drive in the Mac, and then used that new time machine to back up and it, it all worked and I didn't lose any data. Um, so I kind of basically got it before the internal hard drive on the Mac had completely failed. Um, so it worked out uh, in that situation for me. So back to the sort of uh, initial uh, part of the story was <clears throat> doing that, uh, you know, credit card on file system. Um, if you guys remember, uh, I was on, um, when I first started with my franchise company, when I first started Long Care and I bought a franchise company, they had this uh, company that they used for merchant services. Um, this large company, I see them at like, you know, lots of stores and stuff in there, you know, the terminals and stuff. I can see that it's that company name on it. And I switched, you know, I, I had signed up with them initially uh, under the franchise uh, system. And then I found after a few years, I didn't really like them. They're very complicated in how they process credit cards. It was always, you know, a percentage plus a service fee. Um, there was like a monthly fee of like $30 a month. And then it was like three and a half percent or whatever the case. But it worked out to being like, it depended on the credit card that the customer was paying. So if a customer was using like a normal Visa card, it would, could be only like two and a half percent of the transaction. But if they use some fancy, you know, uh, rewards card with like, you know, uh, um, you know, vacation points or whatever the case may be, it could be really high percentage. And then there was a transaction fee of usually like 15 cents per transaction or whatever. But in some of those high cards, it could be like this crazy amount. I remember having one where it was like a $10 transaction fee for that customer using that credit card that I paid on top of the thing. And there's no way to know that that was what they were charging me beforehand. So it was very difficult to uh, have to um, quote, you know, a single lawn mowing job for $30 to mow their lawn. And then they pull out a credit card. And then you find out, you know, only after the fact, a month later, when your bill comes for credit card merchant fees, uh, you got charged, you know, three and a half percent plus $10 for that uh, you know, because that customer used that credit card because ultimately the merchant, the company, you're the one that's paying those, those fees that gets them those fancy rewards. Uh, so I didn't like that company. And when I uh, decided to leave, uh, the franchise system, I terminated my contract, uh, with that, uh, company. So I was looking for a different merchant company and I came across another, um, a bank uh, in Quebec, a Canadian bank in Quebec that was doing, and they had a, a, a um, 
basically a flat fee system for small businesses and they had them in different tiers. So for example, like you basically played one flat fee. So like their, their starter package was like $30 a month. You paid $30 a month to start. Um, and you could charge up to $30,000 on credit cards. And at the, at the time I was like, well, that works perfectly. Cause I was still, I wasn't, you know, a hundred percent credit cards at that point. I was still kind of transitioning. I had some, I wasn't, it wasn't a requirement, uh, that I, you know, had customers pay by credit card. It was just sort of an option. So I was like, well, that works perfectly. I pay 30 bucks a month. I know exactly every month I pay, just pay 30 bucks a month. And it, I stay at that $30 a month fee until you hit $30,000. Once you hit $30,000 that you've charged on credit cards, then they bump you up to the next tier. Um, and then, you know, and it goes like that. I think there was like three tiers. Uh, but it worked really well. And then I started to adapt and quickly surpassed the $30,000 mark because I enjoyed having the credit card on file system that I quickly made it mandatory and then got bumped up into different tiers, into higher tiers. And I didn't mind paying the higher uh, prices uh, per month because it was never a worry. I didn't have to worry about what type of credit card the customer was using. I didn't get charged any percentages, anything like that. It was always just a whatever the monthly fee was, was all I paid uh, to be able to uh, run those credit cards through. And in fact, because it was a tier, tiered system, so like, for example, if the first tier was you know, zero to 30,000, the second tier would be 30,000 to say 75,000. The third tier would be 75,000 to 100 and whatever it was. Um, once I got into the second tier, which happened very quickly, passing the $30,000 mark, then it was to my benefit to max out, try to get as close to that third tier as possible. And Because when you do the math, the more you charge, if you were you know, if you were to translate that into a percentages, you'd be paying a lower percentage overall for, you know, having more transactions and processing more. If you were on the lower end, like if you just crossed um, 30,000 and, you know, so you were only charging like $35,000 a year, then you'd be still being paid, you'd still be paying the up to $75,000 mark per month in fees but you'd only be charging 35,000. So your overall percentage, if you were to you know, figure out what the percentage would be, you'd be paying a lot more. So it was always better to max out those tiers when you were going to try to get as close as possible to the tier without trying to go over whatever the, the case, you know, if, if it was possible, right? So it worked well. And, and that's when I started to transition and make, you know, having credit card on file, you know, the only option because it didn't matter to me what credit cards the customer was using. It was very, very uh, convenient in that respect. So what I discovered, though, uh, about a year ago, just during the pandemic, I got a letter um, from that company saying that they are no longer going to do merchant services. And this is after about 12 years or so uh, of being with them and paying that monthly fee and all being like perfectly awesome. Uh, and, uh, so they said they were no longer doing merchant services and they were selling that part of the business to, 
you guessed it, the very first company that I dealt with when I was under the franchise that I didn't like. So I was like, oh, great. Like, these guys are always just, I just don't like them. They just seem to be kind of uh, tricky, right? They're just, uh, they're trying, you know, I just don't like the way that they do business. Uh, but the letter said that they would honor the price and all that sort of stuff and the structure and all that. So I thought, okay, whatever, we'll we'll stick with them and see if that's true. And sure enough, for a year, they stuck to uh, that uh, thing. But then in um, October of last year, I remember seeing a um, transaction on my bank account for like 200 and fifty dollars or something and it was from that company and i was like what the heck is that so you know i went to look and i couldn't understand what the deal was so i had to call them and they're like oh yeah we don't we're not doing the the flat rate anymore we're putting you back you know everybody's going back to the you know percentage per transaction and the same you know uh, mess that i didn't like in the first place right uh, and I explained to them my situation about how, you know, in the beginning when I was with them, it was saying it's very difficult and stuff. So they assured me that, you know, uh, despite that there's nothing they could do about it, that's just the way that it was going. They gave me a list so that I would know all the different credit cards, what I would be paying for in advance and stuff like that. And um, so in the end, my hands were kind of tied. There's nothing I could do. They were uh, switching anyways. And then my next bill was like, um, like $300 that next month for, um, the, the fees for that month and stuff. So it was like, man, like, that's crazy. Like I'm already paid like, you know, just in two months, um, what I would, you know, be paying for like a third of the year in fees normally. Um, so, I was looking for a different option. So that was something that was very unexpected for me uh, this past year because it came without warning. It was just like all of a sudden there's this charge on your card. There's this, you know, they're phasing out that um, way that they're doing merchant service. And again, that was kind of like, you know, right back to why I didn't like them in the first place. Uh, all those years ago was because that it was like no warning, no this. It was just like all of a sudden they deduct, you know, a f- you know, several hundred dollars from your bank account to pay for merchant fees and stuff. It's like, like really with no warning, with no nothing. And um, so that's something that um, came as a surprise to me. Um, and, you know, wasn't expecting, especially after last year when I already had raised everybody's prices last year um, to uh, compensate for the crazy, you know, um, post-pandemic kind of craziness of gas prices and all that sort of stuff that's been going around, supply chain things and all that sort of stuff. Everything has been uh, crazy. Um, that, um, you know, I had already raised customer prices. So I was kind of like, do I do it again this year? Raise people's prices again, like to compensate for that. And then the other thing that happened, um, again, without warning, um, was I got a price list from the uh, fertilizer seed supplier company that I you know always talk about, and it was in the spring, in February, and they sent out you know their price list. So then in March, um, and the, you know the prices uh, were about the same; they'd gone up a little bit, not enough to kind of worry about, 
So, you know, I um, sent out my letter to customers, uh, my email saying that, hey, you know, service is going to start up next month, blah, blah, blah. Let me know before March 1st if there's any cancellations or whatever. Otherwise, I just automatically show up and just start providing the same services for you as we did last year, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I didn't, you know, reflect any price changes in like fertilizers and things like that because they sent out this price list that was, uh, you know, it was a little bit more, but it wasn't anything that I was going to worry about, uh, especially after the uh, large increases that I did last year. Uh, but then I get there in March and I go to to the front counter and I put in an order and they're like, oh, you know, uh, I needed some moss control and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you know, the price of moss control went up. And I said, oh, yeah, I know. I hit, I saw it uh, on the thing there. And they said, no, it went up again. And I'm like, what? And they, and then I'm like, how much? So they told me the price. And it was almost $10 more per bag than what was on that original uh, price list for that year. And I was like, what? Like $10 more? To, like how? And they're like, like, sorry, there's nothing we can do about it. Our supplier change the price on us and stuff and we have to thing and i'm like like that's baloney like i've already you know talked to customers and set out my thing and i didn't uh, you know um expect that so i didn't ref you know tell the customers about a price increase and that sort of stuff uh kind of said you know it's it's you know the price is kind of the same as last year and all that and um so another just crazy scenario of something like post-pandemic uh, price change and a, a supplier who originally sent me a, a price list and, and within a month later had uh, and uh, changed the price and didn't send out any sort of notification or anything that that was the price. Not that it would have mattered at that point because I would have already have, uh, you know, talked to customers and stuff and uh, would have had that already all... Um, yeah, it would have been too late at that point. So then again, I was at this you know stage like, what do I do? Do I now, you know, go? I'm supposed to be doing these jobs today uh, to start putting this stuff down. Um, you know, most of my customers are not going to be home and stuff like that. Do I delay it and stuff? The weather was perfect. I had you know it was the first cuts of the season that I go. I cut the lawn. I put the moss control down. The weather was perfect for it. Do I delay it? to try to contact all these customers again, just, you know, tell them that the price is going up or whatever the case may be. And ultimately I decided, you know what, I'm just going to eat it <clears throat> like it is what it is. Um, and I'll just have to, you know, change it for next year <clears throat> because of, um, you know, that kind of uh, stupidity on their point. Right. And I, I kind of blasted them about it. Cause I'm like, like now I'm stuck eating it. Like I'm, I'm the small business. I'm going to have to eat this because I didn't tell the customers about any, you didn't give me any notice about that. You sent out a current price list a month ago. I thought that was, you know, normally you guys don't, you send out a price list in the spring and that is the price list for the year. Um, so it kind of was a, a weird spot because like I say, they should have, as soon as they found out about that price, they should have sent out. It might have been too late at that point, but they should have sent something, not waited for you know, people to show up and start ordering stuff to, and then tell them there at the counter. Um, so for that part, that was kind of dumb. But at the same point, for the like 12 years, whatever I've been going there, you know, they send out a price list in the spring and that's usually the price list. They've never had to change. The, the, you know, they'll honor the price that whole season for that. So this is the only time that they've ever 
change the price list like sort of mid-season or whatever the case may not even mid-season like before even this season started like having a, another price list update um and it's just because of the craziness of the pandemic and fuel prices and transportation costs of you know trucking companies and all that sort of stuff so i can see that they're in a kind of a bind as well and stuff so i you know i was just like i don't know i wasn't um it wasn't like, like I understood. So it wasn't like I was ticked off and stuff, but it was like, you know, I just wish obviously that things didn't uh, happen that way. Uh, and it's not going to be a big deal because uh, the other prices were kind of the same on um, the fertilizers and stuff. It wasn't thing. The biggest hit was that uh, uh, moss control, um, like lime and stuff was only a few cents more and stuff. Uh, so all those were, um, you know, not too bad. So I ended up just buying a bunch of stuff there that day had the biggest bill I have ever had at that place, um, for the start of this season. Um, which again was something that was like, man, that's, you know, and that's never happened before having a bill this size was like double what I would normally uh, pay for fertilizers and stuff, uh, because of, uh, the cost of moss control being so much more and all that sort of stuff. Um, and just overall, um, you know, the prices of seed fertilizer, all that stuff just being more than it would normally be. But, um, you know, at least I was expecting some of those ones. So just, you know, on just another uh, scenario of stuff that happens uh, in your business that um, just in these, you know, kind of crazy times. Um, and then the third one that happened uh, for me was um, similar to the credit card. And that was my insurance uh, for the past uh, 10 years, my business insurance. Um, had been dealing with a company that was fantastic that uh, I signed up with uh, after I left the franchise company and went on my own, um, got a quote. These They were you know very good. My trailer got stolen uh, in 2015 and they were an absolute pleasure to deal with. I was so, um, uh, you know, not looking forward to having to deal with an insurance claim and stuff. And they made it as simple as possible. You know, I gave them the police report and, um, you know, they just needed, um, you know, basically the receipts or proof that you had, um, that the equipment that you were claiming, uh, and, uh, you know, they cut me a check, uh, directly to me. It well, didn't have to go, you know, them send a check to the uh, dealer or whatever. It was just like directly to me, you know, replace what you want sort of thing at the value of that. And, uh, it was very simple, um, and, uh, and so, you know, so much so that I never did any sort of price shopping or looking for cheaper rates for insurance or whatever the case may be, because it was like, these guys are fantastic. Well, similarly to the, um, merchant services, I got a letter from them, uh, at the, uh, some point, uh, last year in the fall saying that, uh, they were no longer doing, um, business insurance, uh, that they're, I don't know what, why they weren't doing it. They're an underwriter, so I'm not sure why they were getting out of that uh, thing, but they're no longer doing it. And that at the end of my term, uh, you know, whenever my insurance expired, which was like February of this year, that, um, you know, that would be it. Um, that they would obviously honor my insurance policy until the end of the term, and then that's it. Uh, they wouldn't be renewing uh, the policy, uh, that they just were not doing uh, business insurance or something like that. 
So I don't know if they've been hit with tons of claims or whatever the case may be over the years or whatever. Um, certainly wasn't for me because I had, uh, you know, been with them for so many, you know, over a decade and only had one claim. Um, but, uh, yeah, they just decided to get out. So then, um, my insurance agent uh, that I've been dealing with, uh, for many years, uh, called me and uh, said the same thing that, uh, you know, they're having to, uh, uh, you know, ask me what I wanted to do that, um, they got the same notice and that they've been having to uh, look for new insurance companies for all of their clients who have had insurance through this uh, underwriter and uh, would get me some quotes uh, for, uh, you know, some other companies uh, that they were uh, dealing with. So um, with that came a price increase uh, for my business liability insurance uh, switching uh, companies, even though, you know, everything was the same and the same coverages and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the other two companies that uh, quoted were, they were like fifth, within $50 of each other uh, of the two different uh, quotes. So I just picked uh, uh, one of them uh, that I felt uh, the most comfortable with in terms of like they're, you know, reading the contract and the policies and all that sort of stuff and uh, uh, went theirs. And um, uh, both of them were about $400 more uh, per year than what I had been paying uh, before uh, with the old uh, company. So again, another big you know price increase for me in terms of uh, the cost of doing business um, that I wasn't expecting uh, for this year, uh, just sort of out of the blue. So they always say you know things happen in threes. So hopefully that's the uh, the last thing for me for this year. Uh, but yeah, I've never had a season sort of start like this where it's like kind of unexpectedly, you know, my materials went up, my insurance uh, took a big jump, and then uh, my merchant fees for this year are taking a massive jump. That percentage system, um, you know, I'll probably at the end, I was trying to do some initial calculations, um, just kind of estimating based on revenue from last year and all that sort of stuff. And of course, I can't tell exactly what the percentages will be because it depends on, you know, the exact credit cards and stuff. So I didn't get into too finally the detail of, of that uh, because I have customers credit card numbers on file, but I don't have written down, you know, what type of credit card that was. Was it a regular visa? Was it a visa rewards card? Was it like a super gold card, platinum card? Where, you know, I didn't, I don't keep track of that. It's just the credit card number and expiry date and stuff. So I just had to do sort of a base estimate on it. And even just doing sort of a, a rough guesstimate of fees, my insurance, my uh, credit card merchant fees this year will be three times, at least three times more for the year than what I've paid uh, in the previous years, just to be able to get paid, just to, you know, do that. So I still prefer doing a credit card on file. I've thought about some others, and I'm just gonna basically um, look for maybe some other different merchant services. Um, I found one that is kind of interesting, um, where they guarantee just a, a specific rate and stuff. And um, again, kind of a, a simple system. Um, it's not flat rate, but it's a, a guaranteed percentage, basically, so that it would at least be the same percentage regardless of what card is used and stuff. So I may reach out to them um, and see a little bit more information about that. Kind of like um, 
almost like a square or, you know, some of these other systems that are out there. Um, this wasn't one of those. It wasn't like a big uh, company. Um, it was a small, more to, more of like a niche company, but they have some really good reviews. And what I liked about them is through the, the company that I'm doing, like because I was, because I had that such a really good rate with those credit cards, doing that um, credit card on file system um, and doing that sort of uh, flat rate, uh, system. One of the downsides to that was I had to do everything over the phone, telephone banking. That's how that was part of the, the deal was that, um, you know, telephone banking, if you wanted to step up to, you know, using, you know, computerized, like on a web based sort of system or something like that, then you couldn't do the flat rate fee, right? So, Every month, I would have to manually enter credit cards over the phone and stuff like that and charge the customer. So it was a bit uh, time consuming. That was probably the most, the one aspect of my business. An example that I gave earlier in this podcast of there are certain things that I do that are not the most efficient, but I do them for other reasons. So I would do that. It's not efficient to sit there on the phone and enter credit card number after credit card number and the amount and all that sort of stuff and then write down the the, uh, authorization code and all that sort of stuff for every customer credit card at the end of each month. But I did it because the flat rate system was so much cheaper uh, than doing any other system. But now that I'm on they've put me on back into this regular kind of, you know, percentage and stuff. I'm still stuck with this, you know, entering credit cards over the phone system. Um, so one of these other companies, uh, that I was talking to, um, they have that sort of guaranteed rate. Um, so it's the same percentage regardless of credit card, but they have, they're telling me about their system where I can basically enter all of my client information into their like web portal and all their credit card numbers would be saved there. So the only thing I would have to do each month is just go into my customer list uh, and it's literally like on one page, like a list of all your customers and then right beside their name, you enter the amount and go to the next line, enter the amount for that customer and just fill in how much you're charging them, press one button and it charges all their credit all their customer credit cards, those amounts um, that you're charging for that month. So I'm like, like that would be, you know, go from, you know, taking a, you know, a couple hours or an hour and a half or so of entering customer information over the phone to, you know, literally uh, 30 seconds or, you know, a minute to uh, do it. So uh, if I'm going to have to pay percentages, then I'm absolutely going to um, look for a different uh, merchant company. Uh, and that one is probably my con- uh, strongest sort of contender at the moment uh, to go because of that system. Like if I'm going to have to pay, then at least they're guaranteeing me a percentage, a specific percentage for all cards regardless. And then their system of me being able to charge once a month is just super simple to be able to do it that way. Enter an amount, all the customer credit card numbers and, and information is saved in their system. I just got to enter the amount each month, uh, press a process button, and then they're all charged at once and that's it. Uh, so it makes it very, very uh, uh, simple in that respect. And they got a whole bunch of other uh, features as well uh, for things like that. So uh, yeah, that uh, is uh, kind of what's uh, the stage I'm at. I'm excited for uh, starting uh uh, and getting into uh, this season. So far, we've had some uh, pretty good weather. I've uh, done a couple of cuts for clients already. Did that first cut with the moss control uh, mid-March. It was like the month of the, um, I think it was March 15th, the first day that I started. 
I did all my cuts. Uh, then I skipped the following week, uh, which I traditionally do because it's still kind of cold and chilly outside. Lawns aren't growing as fast. And then um, the third week uh, got into uh, basically, um, it was like the last week of March, got into doing uh, that regular uh, lawn cuttings and stuff for everybody. And uh, yeah, it's worked out uh really well so far uh getting into that regular rhythm i've added a couple of new clients this year uh as well um this past week did some first cuts for new clients uh and everything is uh, just kind of humming along here uh the plan for this year uh, equipment wise is to uh, experiment some more uh with uh battery power where i can um, I've started out the season uh, with the Milwaukee stuff uh, again. Uh, I'm going to be looking at some other brands uh, to experiment uh, with as well, just to try some different uh, uh, types of uh, battery equipment. On the mower side, I'm hoping to uh, get the Xmark uh, Commercial 21 uh, battery-powered uh, unit out there and do some um uh, testing with that in our weather here to see how that does, how the batteries uh, go. I think that unit comes with two batteries uh, and doing some uh, experimenting with that. On the large side mowing, um, I will continue again with the uh, uh, 36-inch turf tracer for this year and the 42-inch navigator, uh, my two go-tos for the big uh, sort of larger properties and um, you know the fall cleanups and stuff, especially uh, with that navigator are absolutely fantastic. My commercial 30, uh, a workhorse as usual. Um, just a quick update for those who haven't uh, or don't um, you know watch uh, any of the YouTube stuff that I do. Uh, after three seasons, uh, the commercial 30, I finally uh, had to change a belt uh, on that unit. Uh, so I did it for this spring. It started to at the very end of last season, um, doing the leaf cleanups. Um, you know, I started, it wasn't performing as well, uh, but the motor was running perfectly. Like you could hear the RPMs, everything was running like fine, but it just didn't have that same sound. Uh, so I figured, oh, okay, like the belt uh, on the, uh, that drives the blades from the motor uh, is slipping. So there's three belts on those units. There's a belt that uh, goes from the motor to the transmission. Then there's a belt that goes from the motor to one of the pulleys on the blades. And then there's a timed belt that goes from uh, one pulley to the other pulley. Uh, so look, doing a quick look, I could see the, the timed belt looks like a timing belt on a a vehicle. It was in perfect condition, wasn't stretched, it was nice and tight still, no chunks or cracks or anything on it. Uh, so I figured it was uh, the other blade and I was correct. I went to my dealer, um, went to, uh, I said, well, might as well get, to, and the other thing I, too, I felt was, I felt like my transmission uh, started slipping too at the end of the year, um, you know, going up hills and things. So I thought, okay, the belt on that must be, uh, you know, stretched out as well. So I went to a dealer, got uh asked him for a couple uh, two belts he said uh in in regards to the transmission belt he says you don't need a transmission belt he says never i you know in the amount of years i've been here i've never uh, rarely ever replaced a transmission belt he says the, the they're adjustable you just you know uh loosen up that bolt in the top handle where you're the transmission uh, cable is there and just slide it it'll put uh, some more tension on it and you'll be good to go as long as it's not cracked and stuff like that so um, he sold me just the belt that goes to uh, the blades he says these ones though on the other hand 
these ones, yeah, you know, we go, we sell a, a ton of these. These will eventually wear out. So he sold me uh, the belt for that. I did a video on how to change it. And he was correct. I adjusted the transmission. Works like a charm. Um, n- nice. And uh, I might even even over adjusted it because uh, it's like super sensitive now. Uh, works fantastically going up hills and things. Uh, and then the belt, uh, that was uh, the ticket on that one. Um, replaced it. And uh, the thing's a monster again. Uh, just uh, going at it. So yeah, that uh, commercial 30 is still fantastic. Love that uh, absolute uh, uh, unit. Uh, if you're looking for efficiency uh, and you're doing a lot of small lawns with the 21, the 30 is definitely um, something uh, to go uh, and try out. Um, you know, this year, uh, sort of the only downside uh, this year with me, uh, I'll be uh, experimenting uh, with some of the battery power just for my own curiosity to see. Um, and a lot of it is 21 inch mowers uh, that I'll be looking at. So that'll be the only downside to it is that it's, you know, I'll be using some 21 inch mowers this year, but just for experimental purposes to see. Um, but uh, I think down the road, eventually, you know, the 30s for battery power will be a lot more um, prevalent. But for now, it's just one of those things where just everything is kind of uh, slowly uh, ramping up in terms of battery power. So I think that's it uh, for this week. I've been uh, rambling on for a bit. haven't talked to you guys in a while. I uh, appreciate you guys uh, listening. And if you've gotten uh, this far uh, into the podcast, just kind of touching base with you guys. And uh, letting you know, uh, you know, uh, the state of my business and uh, how it's uh, going and how things change, right? Even, um, you know, an experienced business, uh, an established business, how things can uh, come unexpectedly. And you just got to kind of uh, adapt and move on uh, from it, right? And uh, figure out uh, ways, uh, you know, how, how to best handle the situation in my, um, you know, in my um for this year, like I said, with those unexpected sort of price increases kind of coming uh, late, some of them and the uh, thing I've decided that, you know, for this year, I will eat those costs and just kind of see how that plays out. Uh, and then uh, because um, uh, because I had done such a big price increase across the board for everybody last year, if that wasn't the case, if it wasn't the case, and, and the thing is with, uh, I should add, a lot of that price increase happened because of the cost of fuel went up uh, through the roof. The cost of fuel has kind of settled down. Now it may go up higher again in the summer and stuff, but as of right now uh, and in the fall and stuff, it had, you know, kind of relaxed a bit uh, and I was still, you know, charging customers, you know, the, the, the new cost uh, because of fuel and stuff. So that's why I decided to sort of kind of eat the cost because the fuel didn't stay that crazy high. Um, you know, the entire season. Yet I was still charging customers based on that. Uh, so that's why I figure this year, I'll just kind of eat the co- these new costs, like the insurance and all stuff. When you divide it over the year, the $400, you know, it's not a huge thing. Uh, the biggest thing will be that credit card processing fee. We'll see how that goes. But again, I might not be with them the whole year. I, you know, I'm looking actively at uh, switching and stuff. So I thought, you know what, let's just uh, keep the price the same as uh, I did uh, last year because that was a big price increase across the board for everybody last year Um, and uh, just kind of go from there. And then if I have to, I can adjust it again next year. But uh, because I did get that price increase and um, 
fuel has kind of stabilized back down and stuff, you know, we can uh, kind of work around it and see how that goes. So, uh, yeah, lots of, uh, things happen in the business and you just kind of got to adapt and, and see how it goes. And that's the, why it's so important to know your numbers and to know, um, you know, those, those costs so that you can kind of see, is it something you can absorb? Is it something that you want to play around with, look for a different supplier, this and that, and, and, and go about it that way instead of just a price increase after having a price increase last year. Cause as bad as it looked for me to go to my supplier and now they've raised the price again, you know, you look at it, your customers, right. And, and my customers, I'm, you know, I'm charging a premium for a lot of their mowing, um, for these small city lots, right. It's, it's not $20 mows, right. On average, uh, you know, my lawns, uh, are in the 50, 55, $60 range for small city properties. So, you know, you get to a certain threshold where people are going to be like, well, you know, as much as we love you and the quality of your work and stuff, it just becomes un, you know, affordable because they're all feeling the pinch. Everybody's feeling the pinch across the board about groceries and gas and all that sort of stuff. Everything's going up. So it's one of those things where I decide, you know what, I'm just going to keep it the same. They, they all absorbed that large price increase last year and uh, we'll go from there. So and see how it goes, see if there's other ways that I can uh, find efficiencies to make, uh, you know, up those differences. So uh, that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now. <laughs>